Hi there, I'm Anne Marie McQueen, editor of Live Healthy, and this is the Live Healthy podcast. Each week we interview health and wellness leaders and talk about all the things that are good for you, which you can also read about in our online magazine, the only one of its kind for men and women in the UAE. And now, here's this week's guest. Today on the Live Healthy podcast, we have Hanan Azadine, founder of The Family Hub. It's an online platform designed to educate, support, and inspire parents to raise well-balanced children who are a positive addition to society. That's what everyone wants to do. Um, she's based in Dubai. She holds a master's degree in education and is working on her second in psychology from the Harvard Extension School. And she's been teaching in 11 for 11 years in four different countries. So a lot of breadth of experience there. Welcome. Welcome. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Thank you for having me. Thank oh, it's you so a pleasure. Much. It's a pleasure. Now we have um, done something that we haven't done for a podcast before. We asked people from social media to give their questions to us. But first off, before we get into that, I'm just going to ask you what what question are you getting the most these days? Um, the main question is how do we handle screen time with the lockdown and and this is across like the border when you have kids from the age of like babies up until like teenagers, how right. do we handle screens, how do we handle that situation, this is a big very hot topic right now, okay. and I think everybody who has kids in, in school is just going through a lot of this drama because Kids are online all the time, and then they're demanding some fun screen time as well. So kids are on screen so much of the time, and parents are just, you know, things are in lockdown. People are not able to access things that they were used to before. So how much is it, or when should we just say stop and enough, and when do we, how do we put the limits, draw those boundaries, and so on? Okay. And what are you advising them? Because every situation is different as well. The ages, the family, the schooling yeah I, I honestly I, I like to follow the research but I also like to think that every family has its own like unique setting so for example um, the, the American Academy of Pediatrics before lockdown used to say kids under the age of two should have no access to um, phones or, or any sort of screens now they changed the two to 18 months and they've given up to one hour, but, but intervals. So it's just cut down into smart pieces. And they say that video chats are okay. Uh, listening to music or listening to things from screens is also great. Like they, they created some adjustments to suit the situation that we're in. And I honestly believe that screens are here to say, um, we have to make peace with that. And we have to make peace that kids will be um, attracted to them, addicted to them to a certain extent, but also we need to make peace with the fact that we have to say no. We have to put down these limits and boundaries and just say, this is the time limit that we have. There are no screen zones at home, such as like bedrooms, uh, meal times. These are no screen zones. Um, we're, after we're done eating, we're done like play, uh, watching a movie or doing something, we're gonna do something that's active or gonna do something as a family. And it's not easy. And we can't implement that every day, especially if our kids are older and it gets harder. But all we need to do is just like take it with with a grain of salt and just try our best to to do come up with a positive experience out of a very negative one when it comes to lockdowns. 
And I guess we're not even, we're protecting them now, but we're also training them how to deal with this when they get older. Yeah. So I guess it's important for parent, parents to, to demonstrate the same behavior because I know we're bad at that too, right? Adults are bad at Exactly. And, and we're not the best role models. Um, I actually have an experience of that personally. My, my eldest son is 12 and we, we had this conversation during like the peak of the lockdown here in Dubai where we couldn't do anything. And my screen time actually shot to nine hours a day, which is ridiculous. You know, it's right. very, very high. But what I did was I showed him the actual uh, screen time and we talked together about how as a family, I could bring it down to the current like almost five. Now, I know it's five is still a lot, but it's a big down. It's it's like it's a big downsize from the original nine. And the concept is very simple that when we recognize that as a family, we have an issue, we need to talk about it. We need to create some sort of measure and we need to show our kids that we're willing to say, okay, you know what? I made a mistake. I'm not doing something that's right. How do we fix it? It's not easy for me because screens, for example, are an addiction. And we get addicted to them. We get like, you know, we're always looking for validation on social media. We're always looking on, you know, who's doing what. And it just it just spirals out of control. So it's really, really important that we show our kids that we try to get like a grip on things like that and model that this is the this is the way to go. Okay. It's not easy, but it's just we have to compromise, I think. Yeah, not hiding it and pretending yeah. it's not happening and then thinking they won't notice they notice everything, right? Yeah. <laughs> they see they're going to call us out. Like if we, if we pretend to say, oh, but you know, my screen, they're like, okay, so I'm going to document how long mom's going to stay on her phone, yeah. you know, and then they're just yeah. going to throw it on our faces the moment we bring it up again. So yeah. yeah. And they see you going to your phone when you got upset or bored the same way we all do, right? They see that yeah. as a behavior. So that's something to keep in mind too, I guess. Yeah. It's an emotional pacifier. And that's <sighs> what, like when, when I, when I do those workshops about screen time, this is one of the things that I say as a main goal is to stop that emotional pacifier that we all go to when we're frustrated when we're angry when we're sad when we go to the toilet like we're all of those things we just take that little device with us everywhere because that becomes sort of like your emotional pacifier and we need to we need to have a grip on that ourselves before we actually model it to our kids yeah okay um someone asked how do you discipline teens in in this time when people aren't going out very much uh you need to discipline them, say, when they're not doing their chores or if they're active on social media. I know this is a problem for some people who have little little TikTok stars in their house and yeah. they're monitoring those accounts and they're acting up, maybe not being so respectful. Maybe they said something about mom or dad. How do you discipline your teens now? You can take anything um, away from them. All right. So the word discipline comes as an origin from the Greek or Latin words, which means following rules, right? That's where it comes from. Unfortunately, over the years, it has been associated with um, punishment, hitting kids, um, taking things away from them. Um, like some, it's, it's very negative. There's a very negative connotation when it comes to the word discipline. In reality, yeah. it's, it's really not. It's just kids need limits and they need boundaries to function and to survive. When, when the kids, um, I was actually doing this yesterday, I was going live with someone else and, and, and a question came in and said, my nine-year-old spends um, seven hours on Fortnite, playing on Fortnite. And it's very difficult for me to say no. And I'm not talking about teens, I'm talking about a nine-year-old. And I don't want to be the parent who will be so strict so that the kids will go behind my back and defy me anyway. So what do I do? And this is exactly the same situation. The concept is very simple. Kids need limits and they need us to step in and to say no. But if we do it as a power struggle and we go head to head with them, 
99.99% we're going to lose. I've been teaching teenagers for 11 years. The moment um, I my, my voice goes up, I've trained myself not to have my voice goes up because the moment it does, the moment that they start smirking and they know that they've won that battle. So it's very important for us to train ourselves to just do a few things. The first one is to create the boundaries from the start if we can. So if we can set that conversation and, and teens, especially kids and teens, especially teenagers, they really appreciate it when you speak to them as like an adult, when you give them that, that, that space and when you say, okay, we need to talk. I don't like it when you do this or I'm not happy with this or you know what, you're going to get a new phone, but these are, these are the limits. And it's really important for us to have that conversation and don't treat them like a baby, but treat them like an adult, even though they're still not mature enough, but they really appreciate it, even if they don't say it, especially to their parents, but they appreciate it when we give them that space. And then the second thing that comes out of the conversation is drawing those boundaries. And it's really important that we hear them out. Because a lot of times my teenager at home and my teenager students, they would say things that is something that I didn't consider but you know what? A lot of times they have a point, right. Right. even if it's against what we want to preach or what we want to, to go to. And, it, and here, it, this is not easy at all. What I'm saying is not easy, but it's really, really important that we try to compromise and give them a win. Okay. And when we, when we talk to parents, a lot of times, especially parents that, that we coach like one-on-one, -on -one, we always say, look at the big picture. Think of those kids when they leave your house, you know, they're wearing their cap and gown, they're leaving the nest and they're going off to start their life. What characteristics do you want to see in that kid? If you look at the nitty gritty details and you keep holding on to those small fights, you get to lose a big part of those kids. And eventually when they leave the nest, they're going to come back by choice. We want them to choose us. We don't want to be, you know, the ones who are um, the source of their misery all the time. Like we need to be sometimes, but we don't want to be that all the time. Okay. And after we create those boundaries and boundaries and we create those limits and that conversation, we follow through. We have to follow through because the kids will test us. They will test our patience. They will see if they can break whatever it is that we, they want to break. And we need to be consistent. If we say no screens during mealtimes, we have to keep the consistency of no screens during mealtimes and give them an alternate that actually they would enjoy. Even if they resist at first, eventually they'll come around. But it takes a lot of patience. Yeah, yeah. So if they're not doing their chores. There has to be a consequence. There okay. has to be a consequence. But they need to know in advance. And that's the positive discipline. They need right. to know in advance. So, for example, they get to do the dishes. We remind them once. We remind them twice. We have a, an agreement with them that, you know what, no TV or you're not going to go out biking with your friend or whatever until the dishes are done. And that's the agreement. Okay. So there, there needs to be those limits so that they understand where they're functioning in the house and that that chore that they're doing becomes really important because if they're not doing it, then we're doing it. So, so someone needs to do it. Yeah. And we need to, we need to work. In here, we're, we're not locked down here in the UAE, but in, in a lot of places they are. So I think it's hard for parents to discipline or to give that consequence because probably what would be taken away is, well, you can't go to the mall with your friends or you can't go... Yeah. Like, what do you do then? Because they're already, they're already giving up so much. I don't believe in taking something away. Um, right. I don't believe in that because that just creates, just like what you said before, um, they're going to go on TikTok and this their parents or they're going to speak about this on, on a WhatsApp group that, you know, she's so mean, she's so that. 
Um, but I really think that there needs to be a consequence that they will um, that they will feel immediately, and that consequence is related to whatever it is they're doing. And once it's done, no shaming, no blaming, um, no guilting. Okay. It's it's okay. like oh, I did the dishes instead of you, and now my back hurts. Oh, you know, if you had done the dishes, you would have been able to do this and that, whatever. None of this, because yeah. that just you know it justifies the purpose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like it. It's just dramatic, you know. We don't need to be. No, we've got enough drama, honestly. Yeah. And to be honest, like handling teenagers, they are the most um, undermined age group. I think teenagers. Okay. Um, they are so easy to deal with if we just treat them with a little bit of of respect, and we just, you know, um, take in a lot of the the unnecessary negative drama that they do understand that this is just a tantrum like the two-year-olds do okay. and try our best to hold it in and calm it down and then we give it to them when we're both calm okay. it makes a huge difference and again this is this is years of training and practicing the classrooms and with my kids to be able to actually come up and say that but yeah. I, I know it's not easy but it just it really does work maybe that's a thing really does. Well, when you start screaming, you've lost in most situations, right? Like it, it's not with kids even, it's just like, uh, okay, how about social media? What should parents be doing when their kids have social media accounts? I know, for example, my own brother just can't even keep up. Like it, during lockdown, he let the kids start having some social media accounts. Well, do you know, they're just proliferating. They start one for the dog and they start one for yeah. Roblox and then they start another. And you know, how much should they be monitoring and disciplining or whatever on there? Honestly, this is a tricky one because it depends on the age. How, how old are they? Just give me a- Eight and 10, eight and 10 but we had this question from, uh, from, from okay. our social media too. So I think it's all- um, Okay, so I, I hate to say this, but eight and 10, is, they're too young to be on social media. They shouldn't yeah. be. I understand why they're there. And I understand this is like an entertainment thing, yeah. but honestly, we have to respect the age limit that those social media accounts have put there. And, and the reason why, this, these, are, these are a few reasons why we should respect that limit. One, kids create, um, first off, it's very addictive and it's very difficult to, to get them out of it. Number two, it's not safe. Um, even if the accounts are private, the moment that they will follow Justin Bieber or, or someone who is popular is the moment that they are no longer invisible. Right, they become visible, and there are predators out there who will look for kids who are young and vulnerable and enjoy doing um, and showing them things that they shouldn't be seeing at that age. Um, number three, the bigger issue for me, to be honest, even if they're safe and we're monitoring their interactions on social media, is that the kids start looking for validity outside of them of their own intrinsic selves, and I think that this is very, very damaging to their self-esteem. Um, research has shown that uh, the, the level of depression that kids are at, first off, before the average age for um, depression in teenagers, it used to be around the age of 15, 10 years ago. Now it's down to 12. Okay. Right? And the main reason that researchers have, have limited, have found that out is because of social media. With kids going onto social media when they're too young, they start comparing themselves to their peers. How many likes do, do they have? How many follows do they have? 
oh, I put a picture there and only three people liked it. Oh, I put that picture there and I only have 10 followers. Oh, um, oh my God, look at um, Ariana Grande who looks gorgeous because of that. And oh my God, I have a belly and, and, and so on. And these things are things that we see in school every day. Yeah. And it's, it's horrible. And the fourth reason is of course, cyberbullying. And cyberbullying could take place in very, very little, very small things. You could have like a group, a WhatsApp group of three people all of them are eight years old. And then they will just remove one of the girls from that, so that, that group. And she feels rejected. She feels that they don't like her anymore and so on. And that just spirals out of control. So social media should not be there for kids who are under the age limit that those accounts have, um, have, have, have deemed when they were created. Okay. Um, yeah, so that's it. Otherwise, if your kids are on social media and it's their age, have that conversation with them. Talk to them about privacy. Talk to them about how people can um, use their sexuality or abuse their sexuality online. Talk to them about the concept of privacy, about the concept of a digital footprint, that the moment that a picture is online, it's going to be online. And it's, there's no way to remove it at all. Okay. Um, talk to them about language, about what sites do they can they see talk to them that there's something called porn out there and that these are things that they should not be looking at and okay. be there for them to, to 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 ask all the questions and to be there for them to ask all the questions excuse me and also um try as much as you can and i know that this is hard but try as much as you can not to be their buddy on social media hmm. so don't like every picture that they have don't um yeah because you know what happens Kids create what they call um, a fistogram, which is a fake Instagram account, and they do they do that. So they will put on an Instagram account or a TikTok account, or whatever, that the parents will see. And every once in a while, parents and parents of friends and friends of parents are, and then they will just you know every once in a while post a picture that's very family friendly and you know very nice video and so on. But then there's another account that, yeah. that they're fake Insta. That's yeah. there where, that all their friends can see where mom and dad don't have access to. Right. And it's very heartbreaking to the parents when they find out about their Finsta accounts. Okay. So it's um, be there, but be smart and be mature about it. Don't comment about every little thing that the kids are doing. If they put on a picture that you're not so happy about, you don't need to out them in front of their friends. Instead, leave it and then have a conversation later on about, about that. It doesn't have to be a direct conversation all the time, but you need to be clear about that and remind them again of the privacy, remind them again of that. Also, if you're going to be putting any of those parental control um, applications on your phone to check their work, their stuff, make sure that they know that you will. Okay. Because and they will find out and they will block you. So, right. so just- Yeah, you're- yeah. They'll find out and they'll block you. And this this suck second Instagram account that you're saying that a lot of kids get, is that, I mean, if they're of the age that they can be on social media, is that something, isn't it almost an individuation type of thing? Like, or, you know, yeah. you said parents are hurt, but is it necessarily a bad thing? Um, not really, but it just means that they don't trust their parents to see what they're doing online. And what, that's what teacher does a lot of the time with, sorry yeah. to interrupt, you know, a no, lot of teachers. You're right. Yeah. You're right, but honestly, I also see a lot of teenagers who are very, very open with their parents. 
It okay, comes yeah. down to what dialogue are you having? How are you handling that? You will see a lot of things that you're not happy to see your kids doing. As yeah. long as it's safe and within some sort of parameter that is okay with whatever your culture is, your background is, religion is, and so on, let go of the little things. Okay. If you feel that something is an invasion of the family's privacy, um, your kid, girl or boy are doing or saying things that is questionable, don't out them in front of their friends, have that talk later. Okay. Okay. And more, more, more likely than not, when you don't embarrass them in public or when you don't um, criticize them in public as well, they're, good, they're much more likely to listen to what you have to say. They okay. might not put it down. They might not listen to you. But the next time they're going to put something out, they will remember that. And it's not going to be out of fear of you outing them or punishing them or embarrassing them. But it will be, am I doing the right thing? Even if they defy you and still put out the same message. But eventually it will pay off. Okay. What about chat groups? I know um, we go to ask this on social media and a lot of parents are monitoring these, you know, WhatsApps that are going on forever between these girls. What, should they be monitoring them or not and how to deal with it and what, and, and what do they do if they see something that's a red flag? It's a red flag, you have to get in. I mean, when it's, when it's a red flag, as in there's a safety concern or a bullying concern, you get in. You get in and you get deep and you, if it means that your daughter is going to lock herself in her room because her mom embarrassed her, that's fine. But if it's there because, um, I mean, at the end of the day, we are the parents and they are the kids and we need to make sure that our kids are safe. Okay. So, and you, sorry, you tell them that you're monitoring, right? You tell yeah, them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You I tell mine. I tell yeah. mine. And I will say that I will not, I will never interfere. I will never do that. Are they happy? Definitely not. But, it, <laughs> but I mean, it is what it is. It okay. is what it is. That, that's what, it, what happens when you are in digital world. I mean, we, those kids are the first generation that actually have a digital footprint from the moment that they're born, okay. right? So yep. a lot of things that we're exploring, we're not 100% sure of. Yeah. And they're not 100% sure. And they are so much better than us. Like you should see me on our my Google meets with my students. Guys, can you hear me? Guys, can you see me? And they're like, you know, just cracking up about like the lack of, of techno technology like that I that I have. Yeah, it, it's a million times that when it comes to social media, they can do like TikTok videos and Instagram posts in three seconds, right? And we, for us to be able to track and monitor that is ridiculous. It's very, very hard. So it, it, will we out them every once in a while? Yes. But again, there are so many bad, evil um, people out there who will, who are out there and they could really, really harm our children. So I would rather have my child mad at me than to have them, you know, unsafe. Yeah. Yeah. And then it's nice because if you have other parents monitoring, it's like you're all kind of watching to see. We're, if all, anyone mean. we're all mean together. Yeah. Yes, we're yeah. all going to be mean together. Right. That's a, a good thing, though. Right. I guess to, to say if there are girls in a group and you can be like, we're all all the parents have agreed, um, you know, so you don't have the one cool group of parents who let them do whatever. I don't know. <laughs> how about bullying? Yeah. How about bullying? Like how, everyone's asking, how do you were? How do I respond to my kid getting bullied? How do I respond to a mean girl or boy? How do I help that child through that? 
that's actually, this is a very good question. And we see this in class all the time. When a child will come to you at any age and tell you that they feel unsafe or that they feel there, there's a bullying issue, we need to listen to them. A lot of times um, parents will dismiss their kids if they come to them. And a lot of times the kids will not come to us. Um, most of the time, parents will discover that their child is getting bullied by an external source, not mm. by the kid, because the kid feels vulnerable. Okay. Uh, a lot of the times they will believe what the kids are saying about them. So if someone is, is, is making fun of them because of their weight, their size, their zits on their faces, an accent, whatever it is that they make fun of, um, the kids will believe that this is a disability and this is an issue that they have. And so they deserve to be made fun of. So if a child will actually come to us, it means that they are in need okay. um, because that's not their first line of defense. And the first thing we need to do is to listen to them, to validate their concern that yes, that is mean and that is hurtful. And that should not be the case. You should not be meant to, you're, you're not meant to feel that way or to be made to feel that way. And then um, it's really, really important that we show them that we are willing to support them in whatever way that is possible. Either by going to the school, going to, going to the place of action. So is that the school? Is that another neighbor? Is that um, uh, someone during football training, during ballet? Whatever it is, we need to figure out where the issue is and take our kids and take them to the person that is in control. Um, we have to show that support. And then we have to show another sort of support, which I'm really happy that pe people are taking um, a liking to these days is to show professional support. So you go to a child psychologist that is licensed and get your child to talk to them. Sometimes it will be dismissed because it's not like severe or not an issue, but other times a child psychologist will really help your child to gain a little bit of their self-confidence again and to really understand what to do to fight back. Um, a lot of times, especially if it's boys, and especially in if the, this culture, actually I've seen it everywhere, every single country I've been at, where with the boys especially, and the fathers will tell them, be a man, fight back. I don't wanna hear you whining and crying and so on. And what we're forgetting is that we have, um, this is a kid, one child, usually being bullied by a group or being bullied by a person of power. Mm -hmm. um, and that, for it to be called bullying, it needs to be repetitive and it needs to be in a pattern. Okay. So it's not easy for a kid to stand up to those bullies. That's why they need our support. Okay. Because of that support and after we seek help and professional support, we need to create a support system for them if they're not able to create it. That includes inviting the nice kids over or kinder kids over to create a support system for that child. A lot of times when it's clear and evident that one child is being constantly picked on, a lot of kids who might take a liking to them, who might like them, will be afraid to, to affiliate themselves with them because they don't wanna be part of the group that gets bullied. So these kids will feel lonely, they will feel depressed, and they need to know that they have a support system that is not just mom and dad at home, but also, um, part of the um, like a support system in school or during training and so on okay so that just that's the whole story how to take it there and then um, just damage control all the time give them support of 
I think you're amazing. I think you're smart. I think you're beautiful. I think you're this and, and so on. If there's something that is bothering them, for example, if they have like a skin issue and people are making fun of that, if they have, kids are horrible sometimes, you know, if they have like a weight issue, um, what, something that we can help, help them find a solution. Right. So let's let's get healthy together and have like a nice skin routine. Let's get healthy together and figure out a hairstyle that you'd like. You know, let's get healthy together and um, uh, lose some weight and go to exercise and so on. It's not because, oh, you have a problem. No, it's because we want to find a solution that makes you happier about whatever it is that's bothering you. Okay. What about um, teens who have already started with self-harm? This is more something I'm hearing more and more about. And someone was asking us. Self-harm? Um, yeah. I'm, gonna, I'm just gonna say one thing about this. You have to seek a child psychologist immediately. Okay. Immediately. Immediately. It's not, and, on, and honestly, it's a case by case basis. So it's not a general idea that I can give you right now. Yeah. You seek a child psychologist immediately. Okay, it's one of those moments. Do not try to handle it yourself. Don't handle it yourself. Yeah. It's okay. completely out of control. You find an emergency and you go right away. And never leave the child unattended. Okay. Okay, great. That's like, it's great to hear those definitive things because I'm sure the parents are whirling and yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, the age old question, how do you get your children to open up to you? Um, honestly, the magic recipe, you open up first. Oh. You, you talk to them, you create the conversations you, um, if the, you're sitting at, at the dinner table and nobody's talking, fill the silence. Tell them about your day. Tell, even if you had a boring day where all you've done was just, you know, binge on Netflix and, you know, cook a meal, talk about that, right? Okay. Tell them something that you, you remember from your childhood. Tell them about, about a problem you're facing at work or with a friend. Tell them that you miss your family back home. Like, talk to them about anything and everything. Um, take their opinion. Um, ask for their advice, you would be pleasantly surprised at what kids will say. Whether they're two or whether they're 20, you would be pleasantly surprised. Advice. <laughs> I know, yeah. my niece and nephew give me great advice. Um, okay, here's another one that's so common. How do I control my anger as a parent and not lash out at my kids? If that's like the age old question, right? Um, I mean, again, it's not something that will never happen. We all lose our temper eventually, somehow, some way. Like we all have our triggers, right? But something that has helped a lot of parents right now is what, something we call a calming down space where we, if we feel, you know, the blood coming out of our ears and our kids are just about to do something that gets to us and it's a bad day, we take a step back and we go somewhere else. If our kids, of course, are safe and they're in a safe spot. So we can just, you know, go to our rooms, lock ourselves in the bathroom for a little bit, go to our cars and just breathe and let that out. Now, it's not always easy to do that. It's not always easy to remove ourselves from the situation, but it's something that actually has helped. And it's not always possible. So if you're in the supermarket and you have like a four-year-old who threw a tantrum, where am I going to go, right? I have to be with them. Um, one thing that happens that helps as well, other than the calming down space, is to, sorry, is to um, practice those, those situations with the kids role play during a low stress period as a joke role play what what we would do with your kid if you get an email from school with missing homework right or with um like oh, my kid punched another one or you know these things what would you do when they forget their jacket for the 17th time 
in a month? You know, what, what are you going to do with like all of these situations? Role play with them, how you're supposed to react and act and so on and have that conversation over and over again so that they know what's coming and they know that these are consequences, especially if it's a fight that we have every day. Where's your lunchbox? I forgot it. Did you check the lost and found? No, I didn't. And that's something that happens on a daily basis. My genuine advice from a parent and from a teacher is to let go of the little things as much as you can. Sometimes we can't, like sometimes we cannot do that, but a lot of times we have to try at least to do that. Okay. This is a neat question. It's the last one that I'll ask. Um, and it seems like it's from an older like sibling for, about their younger siblings. It's like a semi-parenting question. So how can I talk to my younger siblings about sensitive topics that my parents don't address? So I think that's particularly relevant in this region, right? Where you probably have parents not talking about things. Yeah. So how, how does that maybe teen, teenager or? That's actually, that's a pretty good question. My two cents here, um, educate yourself, read, get, get, get in touch with positive resources, good resources that talk about, you know, things like sex ed, things like um, privacy, puberty, like all of those situations that are just, you know, hush, hush, taboo in a certain sense and then um, get your kids to uh, talk to them about it in a very scientific very mature way talk to them about like things that they could see online if they're going to go online if you already have that know-how from experience then I think it would be amazing to give it from actual research perspective yeah. and that's what I always advise like read educate yourself we, we have no excuse not to be educated about anything actually with all the resources that are out there. So um, I think we, we really need to do that, all of us, about all topics. Uh, yeah. yeah. Oh, well, thank you so much. This has been great. I- uh, Thank you for having me. It's my pleasure. Apple. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I well- hope, I hope it was helpful. Sorry? I, I hope it was helpful. I hope people would like actually enjoy it. And I hope that you yeah. they can find some sort of information that can help them out with their like parenting, parenting journey. So yeah, no, very, very helpful. Thank you so much. And people can find you where, where can, where can they go to find you? Um, I have an Instagram account at the family hub underscore Hanan, H-A-N-A-N. Okay, great. Well, thank you so much, Hanan, and have a great day. And thanks for coming it's on. The podcast. Pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Have a wonderful day. Take Bye. care. Thank you. Thank you so much. It was great to see you. That's it for this week. If you liked the podcast, make sure to subscribe, rate, and review. We'll see you next time on the Live Healthy Podcast.